Hey guys, welcome to What's Up Grimes episode four. My name is Jen. I'm sitting here with MK. Hey guys, welcome back. We're so glad that you're here. So MK, we just completed our first episode with guests last week. How'd you feel about it? It was amazing. Two incredible forces in the community on here talking about their collab. I mean, nothing was better. It was wonderful. I thought it was fantastic. I had a really good night that night. It was fun to hang out. Yeah, it was, it was fun. It was a good time. I felt like I was getting to know people in the community more so than I ever had, you know, yeah. just connecting on, on a social platform, but yeah, it was fun. Yeah. So be prepared for more of that y'all this Friday. Actually, this is a Monday right now. Friday, we have a guest coming on Sunday. We have a guest coming on and we're going to try and do it at least once a week. And we need you guys' feedback. What do you like? What do you not like? So that we can continue to tailor this community podcast to the community. Yeah. And what, what do you want to hear more of? Give us some topics. We're here. Yeah. Cause we can keep going. We have a bazillion things to talk about, but I want to make sure that it's what actually interests people versus like what I want to sit here and talk to you about for an hour, which may be what they want to hear. I'm hoping. Let me know. So <laughs> other announcements, MK, what are they? Yes. Uh, we are going to be rolling out our Patreon next week. Keep an eye out for that. The link will be in our uh, social media bios. And we'll also be rolling out TikTok. So keep an eye out for that as well. Grown little ladies on TikTok. Nothing better. I know. Even when I say it, I'm like, the TikTok? The TikTok. And we should have our YouTube page pretty much fully furnished by this Friday and Saturday. So you will see our faces. You'll see our faces. Before we launch into today's episode, I wanted to point out the beautiful box I have behind me, which if you are on my Instagram page, you have seen. It's It's a gorgeous jewelry box that was sent to me by an artist on Instagram. If you are in the audio podcast, I'm very sorry. Go look at my page. You can't see this. It's just, all over her page. Every angle of it, it is absolutely gorgeous. Every angle. And it was such a, a really sweet surprise. I didn't expect that when she messaged me and said, can I send this to you? And I was like, are you serious? Like, do you want me to pay shipping? Like I'll do anything. I think that's absolutely stunning. So our, our era of Jasmine is, I believe what she calls her art page. Um, anyway, if you want more information on this artist and you want to order one yourself, please DM us our page or my page and uh, I'll get you hooked up. What's her handle name for the folks out there? It's the Jasmine Era. I apologize. It's the Jasmine Era. You can find her at a.rtstorm. That's her Instagram page. And that's where she DM'd me off of or uh, the Jasmine Era on Facebook, it looks like. I definitely need one and want one. So I will be reaching out. Hit her up. She's in Canada. (laughs) It took forever to get here. We were scared. It got lost. It didn't. It lives here. (laughs) All right. What's the topic of the day? Reinvention. How to do it. Do you need to do it? What does it mean? Let's do this. Let's do it. All right. What does reinvention mean to you? It's different with pretty much any task at hand, really. You know, like it could be a, a little small thing, like a new blush you buy, right? It could be a little small reinvention, or it could be a a huge overhaul with your, you know, like a self-assessment, figuring out who you are and who you want to be. There's, there's, it's like a spectrum, right? Of, of reinvention. And you need to just pay attention to the cues. And if it's a little thing, it's a little thing. If it's a big thing, it's a big thing. It can mean so much to so many different people. It's kind of subjective. So what do you think? 
I think that we constantly reinvent ourselves. I think this starts in adolescence because you're trying to figure out who you are. So you're inventing versus reinventing. And I think over time you reinvent. I think we've talked about this before on the podcast a little bit. What people get stuck in is they think that at age 18, what I decide I'm going to do as a career and who I'm going to be as a person is what I'm stuck with. And you and I have discussed that's not true. Not at all. Not at all. I changed my mind so many times and I'm still changing my mind. Same. (laughs) I wouldn't recommend that entirely, but I always check in with myself. I've told you I do. If you've listened to other podcasts, I've talked about my uh, talking points to myself in the tub. Don't call them TED Talks. I tell them (laughs) tub talks. And it's like checking in with myself. Are you know what what are you doing everything you want to do with your life? Like sometimes intense questions, like you know, besides what are you going to eat for breakfast? It's what you know. Are you doing? Are you happy today? What do you? What is there something that you're feeling like you're hitting a wall with? Do you need to reinvigorate yourself and try something new? I tr- I try to do that as much as I can. Yeah. And look, I'm tr- we're doing a podcast now. Yeah. If you're open and say yes to new things, you're you're going to feel a little bit more complete, I yeah. think. Just you're growing, you're you're reinvigorating yourself and you're starting fresh. There's nothing better than a fresh start. I don't yeah. I don't know about you, but that's what I just moved from California to the East Coast. I'm originally from the East Coast and it's been an incredible experience, ups and downs, but it's been a reinventing process, not just for me, but my whole family, which has been interesting to see. By the way, I meant to tell you, I'm going to be up in your state again next year. I have to see you. I'm going to be, I'm going to be in Newport. Oh my gosh. We will see each other in Guys, the flesh. It's going it, to, the thing's going to happen. <laughs> the, the majority of the research that I read is that when you start realizing that things aren't working and you feel like you're hitting a wall, that's when people tend to reinvent themselves. Otherwise you tend to stay stuck and you feel very isolated and alone. I want to talk a little bit about our own experiences of the reinvention, but first, how do we see this in Grimes and how she reinvents herself every few eras? She really is open to whatever process she's going through. And it just, she just happens to look good in every look. So that also goes along with it, but it's not just an exterior reinvention. She seems to really do the self-work yep. for reinvention too, because that's really where it starts, people. Like if you're buying a new blush, something is telling you on the inside that you, you're you looking for a change, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just, I see that other person where it's not as, it's not always as simple as being on the surface. Mm-hmm. Everything is related to your inner workings. And I think she she does the artistic work and on the inside has it come out you know musically or whatever other art form she's exploring and then it comes out in her look her finished look mm-hmm. sometimes she sticks with stuff something she but you know as we all know she tends to change it up quite a bit mm-hmm. and I don't think there's anything wrong with that I think if you're not doing the self-work and just copying other people or you know I'd, I'd hate to use the word follower, but if, you, if you're not paying attention to who you are and just following trends, you got to do some air working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we've seen her do this since the beginning. And you and I were talking about whether Grimes looks the way she does now because she would have done it back then. She just didn't have the money. 
or whether this is just an evolution of your career over time. I think it's probably both. Probably both. But I think artistically, it's more aligned with what she wanted. I'm not so sure she thought about plastic surgery or anything like that. Like if you asked like 19 or 20 year old Grimes, if she would ever have gotten plastic surgery, what do you think her response would have been? Absolutely not. And ironically, MK, I was thinking about this. Why is this a running theme on our podcast? But I was at my hairdressers the other day and she asked me like, Hey, do you want to attend one of our like Botox parties for like under eye stuff? And I was like, ma'am, I'm 30. Like it just, I feel like it follows us around ever since that rude. First and foremost, rude. rude. Like I don't even see anything. I mean, well, I don't either. You're gorgeous. Exactly. So yeah. I mean, I've had people point out, like, I really don't have gray hairs. Mostly because I dye my hair blonde now. Right. I'm not a natural blonde, by the way, everyone. (laughs) What's your natural hair color? It's actually, I think it's brown. Yeah. It's brown. Like like a good brown or like a mousy brown? Like a chestnut brown. I used to have nice highlights, but I don't really know if they're there anymore. (laughs) We should have a look back in time with Jen and MK of past looks. Teenage dirtbag. Yes. I got some good ones. (laughs) I do too. (laughs) Yeah, I tried having really short hair once. Huh? It did it sometimes reinventions backfire. <laughs> it's trial and error. I mean that's I think that's part of the point. And I actually was listening to an interview with Malcolm Gladwell. Are you familiar with Malcolm Gladwell? No. Who's that? Malcolm Gladwell is this prolific author and he specifically writes about sociology most of the time, sociology and psychology, and he has this great podcast called Revolution or Revisionist history, excuse me. And oh, that I, sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. He, if you heard his voice, I guarantee you'd be like, oh, I know the voice. Everybody knows Malcolm Gladwell's voice. He has like a total radio voice. But I was listening to one of his interviews the other day and he was talking about reinvention. And he was talking about how reinvention includes failure. And it's dumb to do the same thing over and over again. So if you're living your life doing the same thing over and over and over again, you're not That's really- definition of insanity. Of insanity. You're not experiencing anything new. And he uses this really great analogy. I know nothing about golf, but he was talking about Tiger Woods. And he said that Tiger Woods actually reinvents his golf swing from time to time. And people think that he's an idiot for it. But that's That's just part of reinvention. Right. Right. I mean, as you get older, you kind of have to modify what your strengths are. Yeah. And that just isn't just an athletic thing. It's everything. Yeah. You know, like as you get older, you have to focus on other things. Like as a mama, I was, yeah, I had to learn patience. Oh yeah. I was not a patient person at all. Mm -hmm. It's still a struggle. Um, but I try, I, Mm. my tub talks. I keep you there. (laughs) Well, I think especially because you have a child that has sensory needs and then you have to cater to the, the sensory needs as well and making sure that you're adapting to his needs. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But it's the older one, I think, that's actually harder for me just because he's a, it's hard for him. It's been difficult for him to, to have a, a sibling yeah. with autism. Yeah. Sometimes he'll say, you know, I wish I had, uh, you could have another baby so I could have a, a sibling without autism, mm-hmm. you know, and he's not saying it. Ne- uh, negatively to his brother no. or, you know, he loves him with all his heart. It's just something he struggles with. And 
we support his, you know, how he feels about things mm -hmm. and his growth. You know, that's how he's going to learn and grow and reinvent himself is to know that his feelings like that are valid. Mm -hmm. we're, we're not denying his reality in any way. So it's important to just pay attention to those things. And for myself in the situation, having patience and understanding. And mm -hmm. that's something 20-year-old Mary-Kate probably would not have been able to handle very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't imagine having kids at 20, 21, 22. How old were you the first time you had a kid? 28. Yeah, that makes more sense. I can't, y'all, all y'all out there that have kids at like 21, 22, are you okay? Like, are you making it? I, I would have been, I would have fallen apart if I had had kids that young. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know too many people that had any, like the youngest is probably that I was close with was like 24. And I thought that was pretty young. That still feels really young to me. Yeah, it feels like, it feels really young. Yeah. I don't know how, I, you know, it's hard it, even as you get older, yeah. you know, it's just, it's, it's about checking in with yourself and, and strengthening the muscles that maybe you've never used before, whether that is patience, whether that is understanding, whether that is, I'm going to start working out and taking care of myself. Cause that's a huge part of reinvention too, to really understand who you are. I really think that you need to focus on eating healthy. I hate, you know, hate to preach to the choir here, but taking care of yourself, your body is your temple, working out, getting a little walk in, eating your greens. Mm. It will help you figure out who you want to be because you'll have a clearer state of mind. Yeah. And there's different facets to wellness. Um, if you guys want to Google the wellness wheel, you'll see what I'm talking about wellness includes different categories like your intellectual wellness your physical wellness your emotional wellness your spiritual wellness etc and typically people will point out different areas that feel most important to them on the wellness wheel and that's okay it's very subjective however typically i'll say if you physically don't work if you're not eating you know the nutrients that your body needs if you're not taking care of yourself if you're not taking medicines as prescribed your body just can't do any of these other things and accomplish any of these other tasks if you're not fully taking care of yourself from the inside out to do all these things. Yeah. If you have some kind of autoimmune disease or even food intolerances, that can give you brain fog. That can give you all sorts of mental issues. It just clogs up all of your system. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't really think straight. So you need to get a clear head. And I, I want to circle back to the wheel um, that you just mentioned. So how do you, if you are eating the right things, say you, you're, you're in super good shape and you're eating well and something still doesn't feel right, what do you, rec like, how do you approach it? How do you approach a reinvention when you don't know what you're looking for? So that calls for self-evaluation. So I would either say sit down and journal or find yourself a really good counselor and figure out what's going on in my life. Because a lot of times we need that objective voice to figure out yeah. what is going on. And I think that 90% of what counselors see is people seeking reinvention and trying to figure out what to do with their lives because they're stuck. But I, but if that's not an option, I would say sit down with a journal and self-reflect on what am I feeling right now? Where am I feeling it in my body? When do I most feel this emotion? And go from there, which by the way, ever since you mentioned tub talks, 
what like three podcasts ago or whatever. I can't Swag believe we're on- coming soon. That's what I was just Here's thinking. Like, tub dogs. Tub with our like <laughs> cartoon on it. In a tub. In a tub. Not Ever since you- that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Who would buy that? I don't know. There's somebody. Anyway. I was thinking about that ever since we talked about it in that podcast. I can't believe we're on like podcast four. I mean, plus a guest one, but this is like yeah. four of us just talking. It's kind of crazy. It is crazy. It's crazy. But ever since we talked about that, I started purposely taking more time for self-reflection. It's paid off. Yeah. In journaling? Is that what, you, what you're- I like to journal is? and then I like to like lay in the dark in my shower, like a alligator. In the dark? Yeah. Do you, so you sit- Yep. With the shower on. I used to do that. And then I, I just that. like full morphed into like tubs. Yes. Like baths. I, um, but for some reason, like sensory wise, I like the sound of the shower better yeah. than like the quiet of the bath. Like how do you stand like just the like drip sound of the bath? I can't do it. It's like a waterfall. But then I it guess. turns off and then you just have to sit there in silence. Yeah. That's when I sometimes I'll grab my phone. In those moments. See, and that's what I'll go towards. Yeah. Like I used to take baths and I would like set up my laptop beside me and watch like seven episodes of Mad Men in a row. That was my thing in college. But now anyway, laying in the shower like an alligator, I 10 out of 10 recommend. This brings me to our own self-reinventions. When in your life have you seen yourself purposely making an effort to reinvent who you are? And how did that look for you? I mean... Many times, many, many times. But I think the most uh, prevalent one was during the pandemic. First and foremost, just checking in with myself saying, hey, are, are you are you really healthy? Like, are you taking care of yourself? Like, it was sort of like a panic escalation to wellness for me, which was something that I, I was never really good at working out. I was more of an indoor kid. You know, theater kid didn't really. I played sports, but I wasn't really great at it. Yeah. You know, I danced, but that's oh, yeah. about it. Um, but that time, just to figure, and, and not just working out and eating well, like everything I put on my body to like making sure the makeup I was using didn't have chemicals in it, like paying more attention to to little things like that, the chemicals in the cleaning solutions that I was buying and making sure I had the, like the right kind of utensils in my kitchen and just trying to make a overall, I hate to use the word goop. I don't know if the youngins know what that is, but I I kind of like goopified my life, like Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, straight up. I have some, my issues with her. Don't, you know, don't come at me, but she, she kind of inspired me to just take a look at my life, reinvent it in the most well, like the health component. And then I kind of found Grimes along this time, you know, once I took care of the mental emotional state by working out more and eating better, I was able to find and discover new things more easily. And there has to be a connection there. So yeah, I would, I would say that's, and finding Grimes in this community has been a great moment in my life. You know, it's been a total reinvention for me and a reinvigoration. Um, Despite being 36, I, this community almost makes me feel young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ish. 
Uh, it goes back to that play. You know, we mm-hmm. love to talk about that. That's true. Um, what back about in you? Well, let me ask you a minute about back in COVID. Um, when you had the time to do this reinvention, was this, did your job shut down? Did they have you working from home? What What happened for you back when we had the lockdowns? I was remote for two and a half years. There were uh, furloughs and a ton of layoffs, but I... I made it through it. <laughs> yeah. Um, luckily, you know, so many didn't, and I felt really lucky to have that. So being able to be remote, we didn't really have many Zoom calls, to be honest. A lot of them were phone calls. I wasn't really, I didn't have to be on video on certain things. Um, so I kind of felt like I could like explore and mm-hmm. dye my hair funky colors and like kind of not all, like play around and kind of figure out what I wanted. Yeah. You know, for myself and how to look. And I don't think it would have been the same for me. I I don't know, even know if I would have found Grimes if it weren't for the pandemic, to be honest. Like having that time to not be stuck in a cubicle all day and then come home and be, you know, with the kids and just having that balance just with that. I don't think I would have found me time. Mm -hmm. Dear office workers of the podcast, are you okay? Are you hanging in there? because we know what that feels like to be tied to a desk. I had three main moments when I was reflecting in self-reflection time about life reinventions. So I realized the majority of my life reinventions came because something in my life just wasn't working. Like I tried something and then realized that didn't work. So I tried to do something different, which I think is how you grow and how you reinvent yourself. One would have been, I told you that I had a really tough time in high school. High school was not for me. High school is not for anyone. <laughs> I think there's like 15% of the population that high school's for. Okay. High school was not for me. And so when I hit my senior year, uh, I decided I was going to move to the other coast to go to college. Everybody else is going to colleges in my state. I wasn't going to do that. So I packed my stuff and I drove eight states to the state where I got my bachelor's degree in. And that was one of the best choices I ever made as a life reinvention because nobody knew me. I had never lived on my own before. And now I'm eight states away from my parents at 18 on my own. And it forced me to be an adult really quick because your parents aren't there to do stuff for you anymore. I was so sheltered. Same. When I went to college, I made the same decision too. I I was about four hours in another state. Yeah. Everyone else was going to the main colleges in the city near us in the same state. And I was the only one out of my group of friends that left just to start over. And I literally was like, is security going to knock on my dorm to tell us to go to bed? Yeah. (laughs) That's how sheltered I was. So super similar. Yeah. 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 It felt, it was crazy to me to move out of this, this bubble that I had in the South to move somewhere totally different. And I think it gave me so much hope my senior year when I was so depressed of like, something's going to be different and I'm going to reinvent myself. I also will give a caveat to this. Wherever you go, there you are. Meaning like your problems do tend to follow you. That's a problem with thinking, you know, drastic changes without doing the inner work. Exactly. Fix it. That's what I would tell people because moving technically did work for me, but that's because I started going to counseling when I moved at 18 and I did the work so that, yeah, my problems technically followed me, but I had all these new people who had no idea who I was and I got to be the person that I wanted to be. Okay. There's that. 
Then comes my second reinvention that came from failure. I, I graduated undergrad and I told you I had a different career before this. I got my dream job in that career in Charleston, South Carolina. So I, I lived at the beach for seven months. It was supposed to be a permanent move. So I moved down there. I have my dream job. And then my life fell apart for a bazillion different reasons that I won't go into out of vulnerability here with, I don't know who's listening, <laughs> but I, my life totally fell apart. And I hit a place where I couldn't even give it two weeks to my dream job. I had to go home that afternoon. Like I had to pack oh my, my stuff. Gosh. And move. I was like at that level of like, I need help. Like, I just can't, I can't do this anymore. So I literally did that. My boss was super cool with that and really supported me in this. I packed a to-go bag. I went home to my family who then helped me move all my stuff back to Georgia. And like, um, I felt like my life was over because I was uh, 25, 25. And I was like, yeah, you know, I had my dream job and yeah, that's the age. That's the age too, where you start to feel like I shouldn't at, at that era anyways, like, oh, I shouldn't be home anymore. Exactly. I should be on my own. I should be taking care of myself. I shouldn't be at this stage again. Exactly. I hit that same type of thing at that age. I don't know if it's a 25, like quarter life crisis thing where you're like, oh, I'm not really a kid anymore. But when I was 25, it was only two years after the crash of 2008. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I, there were no jobs. Yeah. I was working at a record store, like at 25, making $8 an hour. That's, that's <laughs> how I felt at that time. And I hear so many younger 20 year olds in the community and in just my personal life that have the same thoughts. Like, oh, I'm 22, I'm 23. Why don't I have it together? And I want to be like, I don't know that I felt like I had it together till 28. What did you, when did you feel like, okay, I'm, I've got this as an adult. I'm still waiting for that moment. Oh, <laughs> mine's got, do I have it together? Ago. I mean, better, but I don't think I have it totally together as you get older too. Like I'm a little bit older than you. And I feel like as you get older and older, and if you don't have certain things that you see other people have oh, yeah, as much as you know, that it really doesn't mean anything. It still affects you and you oh, still, yeah. like have to process it, even though you know what to do with those thoughts, they still come in. Yeah. I don't have that giant house. Yeah. I don't have that giant car. That mom, that mom has head to toe. Like she's been to the salon yeah. as she's dropping her children off. Mm -hmm. I'm in leggings. <laughs> like, <laughs> just little things like that, especially as you get older, there's so much pressure. I also have to remind myself because I remember feeling as a teenager feeling like I don't know how to pay taxes. I don't know how to buy a house. I don't know how to, hide, how to buy a car. And I remind myself, even as an adult, after you've done all those things, you just learn, like you figure it out. I remember how terrifying renting my first apartment was. Like, you don't know what's, what's a money order. Like what's a contract? Like what do they even what use those anymore? They do. <laughs> wow. Crazy. Right. I've had to, I've had to use money orders for like my last two well, even my first apartment at 19. Crazy. That's crazy. I barely write checks anymore. Yeah. Do you who, write checks? No. Oh, no. No. I mainly use my debit card for budgeting reasons. There's only yeah. like X amount. I budget really well, by the way. If anybody needs tips, I'm a girl. I had a feeling that you were really good at budgeting. Budgeting is kind of my thing. So that was my second reinvention. It gets better. There's there's a better part to this story. 
I moved home to Georgia and I, when I was an undergrad, I thought people that went to grad school were idiots. Like I thought they were like genuine idiots, but the career that I wanted required a master's degree and I thought I couldn't do it. And so I took my GRE and I got in and I was shocked. And at that point I was like, I, I guess this is what I'm doing with my life. Like, I guess like that failed my, the plan that I had failed. I was good at that career. That wasn't the problem, but it wasn't making me satisfied at that time anyway. So was it a total, you don't have to share if you don't feel comfortable, but like, what, is it a total 180 from what you're doing now? Mm. In terms of, I didn't get to work with people the way I do now. So it was mainly like office. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So, and then that kickstarted the current reinvention of that ended up being one of the best life choices I could have made that came out of failure. Yeah. Because I totally reinvented into this new person. And then I would say the third reinvention has been recent and it, and it is very similar to yours. So when I figured out Grimes and I got involved in the Grimes community, I came from a household that work was supposed to be your life. Like you went to work, you went to work from like eight to five and then you had a family and then that was it. Like yep. you could play as a kid, you could be involved in clubs as a kid and, and in college, but then that was, then you were an adult. And so finding a work-life balance of I can work and I can do fun things like be involved in a Grimes community and make a podcast and do fun things online that actually I had a lot of guilt about that initially really yeah because it distracted from work I mean I'd still like I do my job 110 percent no that's the thing it doesn't no yeah also there is no multitasking like I'm firmly against that there is no such thing as multitasking. Yeah. Uh, you you focus one thing at a time, right? And if you're spread too thin, you're spread too thin, and you can't get anything done, right? Yes. And it's and it's that's why it's hard to find activities and hobbies outside of work because when you're done and back, you know, you're just like depleted. exactly, exactly. And I think that's why I initially stopped doing those things, which led to me not being in a great place emotionally when I moved home from my dream job, supposedly, was I, everything was work and I had like no fun anymore. And like you said, I would get off my job and I'd be so exhausted. And so now I have a job where I have very, I have a lot of control on, on my scheduling and I have a lot of control on my off time and I get a ton of PTO. So now my work-life balance is significantly better than it was. Yeah. And I never expected that. I thought I was just going to work an office job and hate my life for forever, honestly. Me too. And I, after, you know, I was totally remote for two and a half years. The plan was like, you know, a couple months ago, we're all going to go back in the office like three days a week. But I had been like feverishly looking for another job that was a little bit more flexible, a little bit more hybrid in an area that I wanted to raise my kids. Yeah. And I found that job and it's still hybrid. Like they allow me to have flexibility. They want me to be with my family. And that has really like being able to pick up my kids and drop them off Yep. and then go be at work and like work, you know, adjust my hours accordingly. That's added so much to my life. You know, it's, it's, I feel like a, a full person and not two disjointed people. Exactly. And that's how I was feeling at the time. And that was suffocating me. And I thought it was so privileged to suggest that I could have a different life where I had a work-life balance. I thought that was kind of an ethereal thing. Nobody actually had that. Only like really lucky people had that. Yeah. 
But now that I have it, I, I cannot imagine going back. And I do sacrifice money to not have that tied into an office for, you know, 10 hours a day. But like you there, said, it's there's a cost it, and it's worth it. To me, it's hundred percent worth it. I realized that money wasn't everything, which is really hard for me to say. It's hard for any of us to say because money is control. Yeah. And it's everything. It's just, it, it, it buys into everything. It, you know, when they say money doesn't fix all, you know, money fixes all, doesn't fix all problems. It fixes a lot of problems. A lot of problems. It fixes some, you know, it fixes some things, but it doesn't fix you as a person. You know, you still have to like, look at Grimes, the accessibility she had to, I mean, it looks like she came from a bit of cash to begin with. But the amount, I I think about it often, how much you're exposed to and how much privilege you're exposed to. Like I was talking about it with my husband. I was like, she has like, she's like Prince now. Oh yeah. Like in her own world, like she is Prince level fame. Yeah. With the money, the privilege. And it's, it's, and I can tell it's frustrating to her because she was always very DIY and I mean, she did do it herself. It's not like she, I don't think she stayed with him for money or had children with him for money, but I'm sure it helps. (laughs) No. And and I, I thought about this. I'm interested in your opinion on this too. I think it was the vanity. It had to be the vanity fair article. This was when she dropped that she had a secret baby. Okay. Yeah. To refresh your memory. Just happened to have a baby in there. Just happened to have a baby, you know, surprise, surprise baby. And she talked in that article about how um, actually Elon lives very frugally and that they lived frugally and you know she felt like she was living very middle class and I remember reading that at the time and having a mixed response to it because it's but like the holes in the mattress is that what did it for you? <laughs> that was Elon's first girlfriend before Grimes That's what? All think about that in your free time oh I was thinking about if you are if you are someone who is living at poverty level and you read that and you're like wow she's trying to act like she lives frugally yet they have millions in the bank that would feel really frustrating i that's what that's where like the prince thing yeah. comes in like it's when you're surrounded by it constantly it's her reality now yes so and, and you know, not denying her reality, like that—that's that, this is her life. That's that's the privilege that she has. Like that's how she sees things now. You can't avoid not being a spectator of your own life right. and like being influenced by it too. So right. I don't, I don't blame her or shame her for feeling the way she does or how she expresses herself because I don't know how I would be in that scenario. No. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, not that she shouldn't have said those things. I just think that that could have been interpreted really. If if I was somebody that was living day to day in food insecurity and was worried about keeping the lights on tomorrow, which a lot of Americans live in. And I had read that statement, which is a typical, you know, celebrity statement. Yeah. I'd be like, you, you're, you're talking about living frugally yet. If, if you wanted to, you could go buy a brand new mansion mansion today and it wouldn't be a problem. I think she has, it. it, it is like a dichotomy with the fans. Like she yeah. feels like she has to maintain that sort of older sense of self, which she's 
maybe she is holding herself back in some ways. Maybe she hasn't done the full work of the inner, you know, self-reflection to, to go, oh, you know, maybe I should just not talk about that stuff. <laughs> but then, I'm, but, that, but then like, that's her life. So I see the dichotomy yeah. of, I'm not, I'm not saying I don't want her to talk about those things. I feel like I would feel so stuck if I was her of like, people do want to hear about it, but at the same time, they're going to come for me if I say things, but then they're going to come for you regardless of what you say. Yeah. She has a real obsession with, with cancel culture. Yeah, she does. She's, she's obsessed with, with how many times she's been canceled, always talks about it. I think it's been a, a point of trauma for her. I totally agree. And she does allude to it from time to time. And I, I always want to know, have you, have you gotten help for that? Because it is a type of trauma. Because she said on the Lex Friedman podcast, the narrative escaped me or got away from me or whatever it was that she said something about the narrative. And I'm like, I can't imagine seeing my name in headlines over and over and over again with a narrative that I don't connect myself with, but everybody believes about me. Yeah, like everything she says, they're like Elon's ex, yeah. Elon's ex. A lot of times they say ex-wife. I'm like, do your homework. They weren't married. They weren't married. <laughs> um, come on, New York Times, like big deal. Yeah, publications. No idea. Anyways, that's all she's classified as. That's just yeah. so frustrating. How about like it? You know, iconic artist. You know, artist, musician, something. It's right. always tied to that. Like he doesn't have that problem. I've said that before. It's just, that must be so frustrating. Another thing I wanted to bring up about, you mentioned Lex Friedman. She did have a little blip about, I forget who she said she was talking to. Maybe you remember, but she said that as an artist, you have about a decade, you have yes. like 10 years and then you got to change it up and do different things. I mean, I think she changed on her own with the 10 years too. She wasn't just the same Grimes mm -hmm. for 10 years. I think every album, she kind of just had a new thing going on and mm -hmm. every performance too. If you've looked at billions of uh, performance photos, like I have, cause I'm normal. <laughs> All of us in the community have looked at, I think every Grimes photo ever. Well, that makes me feel good. It's a support group here too. <laughs> I mean, okay. How do you think I make my memes? I look at literally 5 million photos to find the photo that I want. Yeah. It, I, mean, I feel creepy. It's been like overwhelming now to have to look at that many. Yeah. Um, but I, it's, and she's like, I've had like dreams about her now. Yeah, Cause creepy. like, I feel like she's in my life. Sorry. <laughs> Parasocial relationships. Stay tuned. Cause we're going to talk about that on a podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, and she she literally reinvents herself for every performance, even on the same tour. Yeah. You know, the only one that seemed to stay the same overall was Art Angels. But yeah. everything else where she was like more mixing and doing like her own thing without a full band, she would have like different hair and different makeup literally every time. Mm -hmm. I really miss that part of DIY Grimes when it was her doing her yeah. own stuff and like the hair would come out swamp green and the baby bangs and you know the sweaty makeup and the weird braids although she brought that back I noticed that she brought back the braids that she used, she used to have like the green hair and she would braid her hair she still does that yeah it just looks more clean now yeah well they're like extensions and not her real yeah. hair I'm guessing also that I just I miss the DIY a little bit and you know we've talked about this before but I think you do lose 
your relatability and it's not something you can control but as you make yeah. more money and as you gain fame a, a piece of your relatability drops and that must feel like a grief process yeah well it's also aging yeah right like aging is a part of it too when i'm not the same person that i was 10 years ago yep i've grown i've learned new things i you know i'm not afraid to bleach my own hair um, I probably should be cause it's really dead, but it looks good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But see, I tried it. I was always scared to do that. And then it was, that was one thing during the pandemic. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. Who cares? It was bright orange for a while. Okay. Love that. But I can relate to that even through something as simple as like lipstick. I wasn't a lipstick person until two years ago. I always wanted what? to be. Always you are so a lipstick person. I'm a lipstick person. Always wanted to be, but always like, there's always this fear in humans of being rejected. So yeah. I always felt like, oh, what if I try to do this, but it doesn't look like, you know, the beauty gurus. Like I feel uncomfortable. I have multiple people that ask me, can we have um, a makeup tutorial on your YouTube page with What's Up Grimes? I feel uncomfortable with that. Not because I feel uncomfortable with my makeup, but because I know that it's not like professional makeup. I do it the way I right. do it. Yeah. You're not a professional makeup artist. No. And I don't try yeah. to be, there is no. no like superior blending. I don't care about that. There is no like perfect contouring. I don't care about that. So I'm, I'm so nervous. I to can't that up. contour from a life. I don't it get just it. It's like I have dirt on my face. Exactly. I look dirty. <laughs> if you look at pictures of me when I've tried it, I look super dirty and everybody's like, it's just a blending problem. I'm like, I've tried to blend. It doesn't, it's not a thing yeah. for me. Yeah, I don't understand any of it. So I'm scared to put up a, you know, a, um, a makeup tutorial and have people be like, that's not the way you do it. Well, I know. I don't pretend to be somebody that like knows how to do it. Are there any awesome makeup artists in the community that may want to give us a tutorial and some tips? Come talk to us. Mm -hmm. I need Come some tips. We would Under love eye it. stuff. <laughs> the little lines <laughs> that happen at the end of the day. I know. <laughs> looks so bad oh my gosh if you're in your I, 20s you don't get it right now no you don't and you know what else i can't do that i've tried to do the siren eye thing have you tried yeah. to do no, that mm -mm, no it just looks like i got eyeliner all over my eye no mk i have like four makeup looks that i don't deviate from period four because i know how to do them pretty well but you you're pretty fluid though you don't seem like you're in like you know holding yourself back like you, you no. seem adventurous with your makeup. Yeah. I just don't, I'm, it's so hard to be on a social platform and I can't imagine how Grimes feels because you yeah. have millions of people watching you. I, I know we've talked about this before. I can't imagine what that feels like and the pressure of you're not doing it the right way. Well, it's my way. Especially in reinventing yourself. Like when she's coming out with a whole new thing and a whole new look, the pressure she must feel not knowing how people are going to receive it yet, just as any artist, like coming up with a whole new concept. Like, are they going to like this video? Are they going to like this new look? Are they going to like this new me? Are yep. they still buying into it? It's, it, it must be really hard. Yes. And that just transitions me into my next thought. And I'm curious what you think about this. Again, I was listening to that talk from Malcolm Gladwell and it reminded me of something with therapy. So Malcolm Gladwell says that anything you're passionate about, there's typically relentless perfectionism that drives you to go over and over your work until you build mastery in that area. 
This is similar to DBT, which is dialectical behavior therapy. They have a concept called building mastery, which just means that you need to do things that are a bit difficult in order to build your sense of confidence and achievement. So like when you were younger, you learned how to walk, talk, run, draw, and those were senses of mastery as kids. But as adults, it's really important to do the same thing. Do you think you've built mastery in certain areas or do you feel like you're, you know, a jack of all trades? And a master of none. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, I guess it depends how I'm looking at it because I am relentless about perfectionism in my work, Same. but I don't really have, I'm not passionate. I don't have a passion for it, but I, yeah. I want to do well. Yeah. It's more like the com- competitive, Yeah. Being, you know, and I, I just want to grow and be able to take care of my family. So that, that's how I kind of compartmentalize it. Um, I, I used to do singing. I used to like yeah. do writing and there's stuff that I really, and I'm going to use this, this podcast to talk about it. Like I felt stuck. Like, what do I do? Like sitting in front of a blank page is the scariest thing you can possibly look at. Not knowing what to say, being worried constantly about saying the wrong thing or writing the wrong thing that it will be received so negatively because of social media's impact. Like writing a book before must have been kind of a breeze. You had like a few reviewers and that was it. And people either bought it or they didn't. Now it's like, and as an artist, anything that you are generating is going to get so many comments that and they shouldn't mean anything, but they're just like people say something and then they don't even think about it again, you know, but it impacts you. So that's kind of held me back in a lot of ways. But as far as mastering things, I've started cooking. I'm not a master, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but that's something I, I started uh, that I didn't do before. I, <laughs> my husband doesn't think I have soul in my cooking. <laughs> Give you time, dude. Come on. I know he has so much soul in his food. So yeah, but you're not there yet. I'm not there yet. So I'm not mastering it quite yet. It's not mastered. It's it's coming. But you're building mastery. Yeah, but I think like my collecting and the interests I have with like movies and shows and uh, that's something I've mastered. Like predicting stories and and storytelling. And I love. I follow all toy fan pages like oh, yeah. I love it I I it, it gets it gets me really excited like looking at vintage toys I know that's kind of dweeby I don't know it's We've all got that. fun yeah. it's really fun to join uh, like I love Grimes but I also love retro horror fandom yeah. and being a part of those communities too has has made me feel like I've mastered that interest it's not necessarily like a thing it's more like a community i'm involved involving myself in so that counts and i like that you threw that out there because i feel like when i say building mastery people think about the big stuff yeah like like writing yeah generating some art yourself or like building a table yeah and like being really really good at it where you like sell your stuff and i don't think that's necessarily what this means at all yeah it's not it's it's, it's about finding the things that you really, that bring you joy. And then you're a part of it in whatever capacity makes you more excited, you know, yeah. like being a fan of stuff. I 
Like when I lived in LA, I never got used to seeing celebrities. Like I literally would walk up to them and be like, hi, um, <laughs> uh, I live here, but I'm still kind of a fan. Like what total off topic. Uh, I saw, I, I was at a bakery and I saw Polly Shore. Okay. Well, I heard, I heard him. Right. Oh, yeah. His voice. Oh, yeah. I turned around. He was like in a big meeting with his attorney, like his mom had just passed away. I literally walked over and was like, hi. He got up. He asked my name. He's the only one that's ever asked my name and gave me a hug and was like, thanks for being a fan and was so sweet and stopped that meeting. And I totally embarrassed myself. But he was like, so sweet. And then, you know, but that's like, I love pop culture. Mm -hmm. movies like anything it makes me super excited mm -hmm. so anything related to that i just get super jazzed about uh you and jack are gonna love each other when he's here on friday pop culture celebrity culture that kind of thing is his thing we we uh, i see I, I kind of like track like how many things we like oh of yeah each other's it, i'm like we yeah. like all the same thing <laughs> it's gonna be a great talk that's friday y'all stay tuned <laughs> yeah build mastery and i this goes back to what I was talking about earlier, being afraid to like post your stuff. I built mastery and cross stitch, which I feel very confident in. Yes. You are really good. You could well, sell that stuff. I do. Do you? And people do buy it, which is quite nice. Thank you. Thank you to all of you who have commissioned me. <laughs> like that helps. That me is so awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I do. And I, I started it thinking it was gonna be like anything else. Like I would start like knitting or crocheting or whatever. And I put it down and I would like not I didn't want to like continue to dedicate my time, but there was something about cross stitch. So I was like, I'm going to see this through and become like the master of cross stitch. And then I worked on that. And a lot of that took a whole bunch of failure and just accepting that you're like ripping workout all the time. And now I like never rip my workout because you're, you know what to do now. It's not like how many years have you been doing it? Three. Wow. Yeah. See, like you've been doing it three years, like Georgia, when she was on here, she's only been producing and like doing the technical side of it for yeah. two years. It's you know, crazy. look at all, just take a chance on something. You never know what you're going to be good at. It's crazy. And then I'm similar to you, but different because my career is my passion, which makes it easier to build mastery. Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm like constantly passionate about learning more about my career and engaging and continuing education. So that's different for me. The thing I'm trying to do MK that I'm, I kind of suck at, I wanted to get really good at weird braids, like fun braids, like Dutch braids. Oh <laughs> like, yeah. Any of that. So I've been, I learned how to French braid. Did you do that the other day? Yes. The other podcast? I that's wasn't the sure only if that was a I headband can... or not. Cause no. that is, wow. That's, that's pretty impressive. That's the only thing I can do. That took me a solid, like two hours to like, <laughs> to like redo. A million when you times. said you were doing your hair, I did not realize that's what you're doing. Yeah. That's why you got a voice <laughs> message for me instead of a text back. Cause I'm like, I, this is a problem, <laughs> like, but, I, but that's the only thing I can do, but I really want to do like fancy, you know, like fancy braids. But that's my new thing. I'm like, okay, I'm going to start doing something new. I want to teach myself something new. Like podcasting, I wanted to teach myself how to do this. And you we're still a great learning. podcast voice, though. Every time I've listened, I'm like, she's so soothing. Welcome back to NPR. <laughs> I'm Jennifer. Like, but I'm learning, like editing, which is really frustrating for me. And you hear me talk about how frustrating it is from time <laughs> to time. Like that kind of stuff, like videos. I wanted to learn. Okay, Sarah. My cat is like done. Um, yeah, that kind of stuff is really important. I feel as an adult that goes back to play too. Yeah. 
what else do you think you've mastered? I think social media, you're, you're very yeah. savvy. But, and that doesn't like occur to me. In fact, until you and I started talking and like, it hadn't occurred to me how I've actually gotten good at this. Yeah. And I like know how things work on social media, which I would not have thought that would be the case six years ago. And it was just a lot of trial and error of figuring out like what works on social media. Right. But you, we've had conversations before where you're like, you know, giving me professional advice. Right. Yeah. And you've done that by researching and looking up things yeah. and tracking trends. And so you've developed a passion for, for getting better at it, for mastering yes. it. So that's how, you know, when you're reinventing current, like you're in the reinventing process that you're on the right track. I think that's true, but you don't know until you try, you know, and I think there's yeah. been plenty of stuff too, that I've I've done and I've realized I'm not good at it. And then I walk away from it to try to find something I'm good at. Have you done that? Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Same. <laughs> but I think that's the point until you, like you have to do that until you find what sticks. Yeah. Or it's something that like you are good at, but you don't like it. Like you know, what? Like, there's like what thing, for you? There's like bowling. Like I'm insanely good at bowling, like crazy. What? Like every time I beat everyone and I don't even bowl like that often. I would just go with friends and every once in a while and people like would try to get me to join their bowling league and stuff. And, and I just, I had no passion for it. (laughs) There's things that you're good at sometimes that you just really don't like. And that's okay too. You don't have to, you know. Well, there you go. As I'm closing today, I wanted to talk a little bit about the research behind reinventing yourself. So according to um, a psychology researcher, um, Philippa Lawley, in a 2009, sorry, study, it takes 66 days to fully reinvent yourself. And that doesn't mean that you've built mastery, but 66 days of changing your behaviors solidifies that behavior. Interesting. So would it be your behavior just towards that one thing or is it just like all behaviors during that time so the example that this researcher gave is that the study itself include included activities like drinking a bottle of water with lunch instead of like a coke or running 15 minutes before dinner versus sitting there and vegging out on your memes page and (laughs) it took 66 weeks or sorry 66 days which is 12 weeks for people to feel like that was just a new habit, which I've heard three weeks is a new habit, but apparently 66 days is like a reinvention of you doing something totally different in your life. I want to do that now. I need to test that out. We should, you should do that and then let people know how it goes. Yeah. I don't know what I'll do, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> apparently it doesn't have to be big. I mean, according to this, these are small tasks that you're changing. Yeah. I mean, which lead to bigger things, you know? Yeah crawl walk run yes and with that anything else mk that we are like dying to cover today not dying to cover but it's always a pleasure chatting it's a pleasure chatting we're so glad you're here with us stick around friday we will have on a guest sunday we'll have on a guest and then we'll go back to what should be one podcast of us and one podcast of a guest we need your feedback 
We appreciate you guys so much. And we will see you. We love you. We love you very much. We'll see you again on Friday. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.